The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue in our reading of the Sermon on the Mount here today as Jesus informs his disciples of a few simple, perhaps odd truths. He looks at them and says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So I took some time this last week to update my resume to make sure it reflects that I'm bright and salty just in case it comes up in the near future. And it was then, though, that I realized it's not so simple because it's never simple with Jesus. He doesn't just say, well, you're the salt of the earth and that's all you need to know. No, there's a but. With Jesus, it always seems like there's just a little bit more. He continues by saying, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything. So now, firmly planted in my head is the seed that I can be the salt that is somehow unsalty. That I, perhaps, could be, for lack of a better phrase, not good for anything, or better put, good for nothing. That, that's hard for me. Right? That kind of a statement, that kind of a thought causes me to spiral, causes me to really doubt. Because I, like my spiritual kindred spirit, Thomas the Tank Engine, want nothing more in my life but to be a very useful engine. I want to be good for something. I want others to look at me and to say, there, there it is. He has contributed to the goodness of the world. I am desperate for others to value what I have to offer them. And for lack of a better phrase, I want to be worth my salt. That, that is challenging, right? That is challenging and when I hear this. And so it was with this in the back of my mind that I, I spent my last week contemplating what does it mean to be salty? What does it mean to be the light of the world? And I did this while on a pastoral retreat, the Ark Retreat Center, just north of the Twin Cities, there at the Holy Rollers Pastors Retreat. Yes, it's as great as it sounds. Four peaceful days at a retreat center out in the woods. Four days with deep and meaningful theological conversation with my pastoral colleagues of various denominations. And four days of, yes, nonstop 
Dungeons and Dragons, because that's where the rolling thing comes in, right? See, so get the connection, right? So there, in that retreat center, time and useful time was spent usefully, not in working but in play. That was what it meant to be useful this last week. Meetings had no agenda, but when we gathered together as the people of God and leaders of the church, our only purpose was to collaboratively create a world together, an experience shared with one another, filled perhaps with fantastical beasts, and at the same time, the harsh truths of this world still shone through. Good and evil colliding with one another, corruption in the local leadership, and even groups of refugees looking to resettle in this world that we created. Hours of silence as I sat in my hermitage in the woods with no running water and a space heater in the negative 17 degree temperature. Yes, Minneapolis is beautiful in January, I came to find. But you see, this it was in this setting, right, that I wrote this sermon. It was while sitting there in this retreat that I suffered through this existential crisis. What if Jesus is right? What if, what if I'm the salt that is somehow no longer salty? What if I'm good for nothing? It was in that deep struggle as I sat there staring out the woods of this one room hut that I was staying in that I had perhaps the most profound theological revelation of my entire career. The revelation I had was this. Pretzels can be unsalted, but salt cannot. Say it again. Pretzels can be unsalted, but salt cannot be unsalted. That, that, my friends, is deep theological revelation. And it was from there that it all fell into place. What if, what if, as Jesus is saying these words to the disciples, he doesn't mean it as a threat, but as a reminder that no matter what they do, salt will always be salt. That sure, if salt becomes unsalted, it's trampled underfoot, but guess what? It can't happen. Because salt, by definition, simply is what it is. Just like we, by definition, are what we are made to be made in God's divine image. And you know what God said when God saw us? God didn't just say we were good. God said we were very good. And if we're very good, then there's no way we can be good for nothing. Means that we are created the way we are and that we have within ourselves the capacity to do what God expects of us, to enhance the kingdom of heaven. A reminder, as I tell myself and my children, a little bit of salt goes a long way. Sometimes that's all we need to be, just that little bit of spice in the world that enhances it for all of those around us. And at the same time, though, there are moments in my life, there are moments where I need to to go to new spaces or interact with new faces in order to be reminded of that goodness which is baked into me, which has been there from the beginning the salty goodness within. Because sometimes I get so wrapped up in trying to prove to others that I have that light, that I have that salt, that I lose sight of the own goodness within me. Sometimes I get upset at myself for not sharing enough of that salt with others, having a hard time passing it around to others. And there's other times, there's other times 
where people misunderstand how it is that I'm trying to be the salt in their life and then trample me other, underfoot in response because they don't understand that I was trying to be helpful in doing what I did, but it wasn't received the way I was intended. And that's why sometimes we need that reminder. Maybe sometimes Jesus needs to remind the disciples. And as I quote, he said, y'all are already salt of the earth. Y'all are already the light of the world. And that's what the Greek says, okay? It, it, it's it's, it's a, a plural you, so that is translated in the English language as you all. And so I just assume that when Jesus says this, he says y'all, okay? Let's just get that out of the way. Y'all are the light of the world. Y'all are the salt of the earth. And therefore, we are called to share that light, share that salt with the world. And sometimes, even the brightest lights can be hard to see. And I know this. Because as I sat there in the woods, I had an amazing experience. I got to look out the windows of this little room I was staying in, and I got to see the night stars. I got to see the stars in a blackened sky in a way you just don't see in the metropolis we call Villa Park. And while it was the same night sky I was looking at then as I do here, somehow it was more majestic, brighter than I had ever seen it before, transformed by the deep darkness. Because darkness, blackness, is a holy gift from God. A holy gift from God that magnifies God's handiwork, that magnifies that which God has put into us in creation. Creation itself sprang forth in the midst of deep darkness. And it's on the backdrop of the darkness of a noonday moment that creation is renewed as Jesus hangs from the cross. Day, as Jesus tells us to be salty and tells us to be light for the world, he's encouraging us to magnify the goodness found in ourselves for all of creation to see. In the waters of baptism, we receive our light, and we are told to let our light shine before others. And we're told that not for our own benefit, for the benefit of others and to the glory of God's name. Because indeed God has made us the light for the world and the salt of the earth that we may enhance the world around us. And no matter how hard we try, we cannot be unsalty. No matter how hard we try, that light continues to burn within us even and perhaps especially in the darkest of moments. In other words, today, as Jesus is, is giving these sort of expectations out to the disciples, I no longer hear them as a threat. A threat to avoid doing this or else. I no longer hear it as a statement that we're good for nothing, but a reminder that what we are is unchanging, and what we are is good enough. That we are salty, and that we are light of the world, and by definition, that cannot ever change. A reminder that God's glory is enough for us, and therefore we are enough for God. We always are enough. So be salt. So be light. Be the blessing that God created you to be. Be blessed, because you are a blessing. Amen.